Previously on Quest Friends. Shock lowers his hood, opens the hatch in the side of his head, and points to the uh, interface there and says, It's just my spell book, you know? Think of it like that. So you're all on vacation too? Every year we get to pick a day off and Tatter Top got to shows this year. <laughs> and he kind of gives a weird look to that bearded guy in the corner. He he deals with, if, if you want to trade anything, you can talk to him. Misha is going to look at Sock pretty freaked out and then they are going to tackle him to the ground. <laughs> Shock sort of blushes as as he like notices how close they were. See, then 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 you are not fine. Why why is your face red? Uh um, the human skin is weird. Misha is going to have uh, looked up in the data sphere if there were any symptoms for like flushed or like redder cheeks than usual because they were a little bit concerned about Shock. Okay, you get something very weird because you pull that up uh, so all you get response is like this weird poem about weather called seasons of love all right so ellie and shock What's your game plan? So first, um, I figured out what I want my dossier to say. Since we're going to see Tommy Funbuck and we need to get his attention or whatever we're deciding to do, I would like to have a creepy stalkerish amount of information on him. <laughs> like his likes and dislikes, his wants, his dreams, his fears, his habits. Okay, so you open, everyone else got a packet, like, a, you know, a folder. Ellie, you open your packet and you just see a Ziploc bag. And that Ziploc bag has a couple of things. So it has a lot, and we should probably note this down. It has a lock of his hair. It, no, I was joking. Ugh, gross. It has an eyelash. <laughs> and it has an alarming amount of Polaroid pictures. <laughs> there is something interesting, though, because the Polaroid pictures you see on the back have dates with question marks on them. One thing about this uh, dossier is it's not going to be that thorough because Lorraine doesn't exactly understand Tommy Funbuck, which if you ask her is a point of extreme frustration. The dossier actually mentions that anybody who works with him has to essentially ingest what he calls a non-disclosure agreement. If they ever try to say anything about Tommy Funbuck, this slug that's enveloped themselves in their throat will basically kind of reverse and go on the outside of their skin, making them completely invisible. They just disappear from the world, but they still have to like walk through it. So because of methods like that and good old fashioned plain old murder, there's not a lot of knowledge known about Tommy Funbuck. But they were able to get a few things, one of which is the list of likes and dislikes. Likes are things like swag, glitter, loot, bling, basically every fancy word for treasure. Dislikes include, actually they don't have a dislikes, but they have a list of fears, which include socialism, handouts, and spiders. <laughs> Besides this list of likes and fears, you also see those dates. They're varying over the course of about 80 numbers. 
years, about 80 years. And on each of them, you see Tommy Fumbuck at different stages. Some of them he looks like he does now. This kind of very youngish, hip, mid-twenties guy. But in some of them he looks 30, 40, and some of them he has very deep wrinkles and a sagging face. You see Tommy Fumbuck at various ages of his life, and you're not quite sure how someone was able to make these photos. The robot! Uh, I have a different theory, but that's yeah, fine. I, I, I don't think he's a robot, Tom. Secret twist. Every villain is a robot. Oops, you got me. Aegon, robot. Vera, not just a doom fist, a doom robot. Marshall, you figured that one out already. He was a robot. Yeah, no, there's a precedent set. As you're taking out this bag and you're walking towards Gamble Street and Averine where the parade is and you can hear it just super loud from a distance, you can feel Zoe just looking over your shoulder and kind of grimacing at that sliced off piece of hair that you have in the bag. I don't know either, kid. I didn't do it. That looks so painful. Oh, well, you know, humans don't... It, it doesn't hurt humans like it does the seals. Oh, right. I know. I just... I know. Uh, and she skips up, and her face, which is now very white looking at this, uh, lightens up a little bit, and she skips over to shock as you're walking and just says, So, who's your dad? Uh... Scott. No. <laughs> uh, I... I... Never met my parents. Horus found me wandering out in the in the wastes before I can really remember. Oh, Horus? Is that like your brother or something? And she turns backward and she's like skipping backwards and looking at both uh, Ellie and Shock. Uh, no, he's um, he's he's another machine. I, I was raised among machines. So does that make you half machine? Well. I guess so. This is so cool. Ellie may or may not be starting to make the connection that Zoe hasn't realized that Shock is not also her biological child, but she's not going to address it So because she doesn't want to get into that. So she pulls out a notepad and you can see that she's written down a couple of names. So you had all sorts of kids. Uh, were there any others besides Shock and Misha? Ellie realizes that now she can't avoid this conversation. Shock is just like, narrowing his eyes like, wait, what? Oh, uh, it, it, Zoe, uh, um, they're, they're, they're not my, my, they're not my, they're not my, <clears throat> oh, look at that. Wow, this parade is really loud. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can hear it all the way from here. And she says that because you're still probably a good a couple hundred feet away from the parade. You, uh, you, you gonna be okay in the, uh, with all the people? Do you want me in front or behind you or should I, should I stand somewhere? Well, no, I think with my mom and my not, and she, you can see her write not in her notebook, not big brother and this, and she pulls up the hood. I think I should be fine. Shock has never been a not big brother before. He doesn't really know how to think about this. I love her so much. I love my child. All right, so we got me, kid. Shock, not kid. Misha, not kid, right? Right. Okay. Right. Are there any other not kids? Ellie doesn't answer um, for a second and just kind of uh, fit, fiddles with like a little fraying bit of her hat. Well... You're the kid. 
Oh, I got it. No, you're talking about a yellow fane. I met one of those once. They're real nice. You see her right in yellow fane, third not child. Uh, and just so you know, yellow fane is a kind of visitant that is typically extremely invisible and sometimes just disappears from reality. So because Ellie didn't really give the name of anybody, it seems that Zoe just thinks that there is another one. They're just some th- this kind of like invisible uh, visitant. Oh, sorry. I, I I know this is all very confusing. Um, I just you're. I just have you as 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 a as my child. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense, and it's not confusing at all. I just have to update the chart, and she flips over the page, and you see like you know one of those like <laughs> uh, serial killer wall charts where it's just a bunch of notes. <laughs> tied together by strings and dots. She's just like moving it around on this chart a little bit. Uh, some things you can see on it. You can see her. You can see her dad, Darren. You can see a couple of his parents. And um, you see not a whole lot of information by Ellie, but you see a couple of like musical notes by your face. Uh, and then you just see some other stuff. Like, for example, you see her and you see like a massive airship and you see like a stick figure of her on the airship and it just says me someday. Um <laughs> And just a bunch of other cute things about like her aspirations and where she thinks everyone has come from. Oh no! <laughs> no. So Shock will interrupt at that moment and say, "So what's a parade?" <laughs> oh, it's super cool. Uh, so a bunch of people get together and they walk. That that is really impressive. Do they walk in a special way, or or <laughs> or is it just that that everybody is walking at once and nobody does that otherwise? Well, sometimes there's music and there's lights and there's really cool people who wave, like Tommy Funbuck. I know June says that he's not that cool, but he's just so swag. And she ekes out the word swag because she feels like she's not cool enough to say it. Oh my god. Ellie oh. is so conflicted because swag is the worst. But Zoe is adorable, so she doesn't want to crush her excitement, but it's very difficult not to. All right. Do you do anything else as you make your way to the parade? I just want to make sure that I'm kind of standing in a good orientation to Zoe to try to be between her and as much of the crowd as possible so that, you know, she doesn't get her hair touched. Okay. So you make your way to the crowd and you all, I'm assuming, start weaving your way through to make it so that you can actually see what the fuck is going on with the parade. Mm -hmm. Because right now you just hear a cacophony of noise that the crowd is so dense that it almost gets muted as you go inside of it. Uh, And you feel all these, it's actually a little uncomfortable, especially for you, Shock, because you're bumping in through all these things and it feels like there are some hands prying at you. And suddenly you hear a horrific creaking whinny of like a horse. And Ellie, since you've been the one blocking, you're going to be the one who has to roll speed defense. Okay. 12. All right, you deftly push Zoe out of the way of what looks like the a horse kicking backwards, but it's this thin wooden horse leg that is one of four that leads up to a wooden coffin. And you hear this guy yell, Hey, get your hearse out of here! And from on top of it, you hear Tattertop say, It is my hearse, and it shall accompany me so I can see the parade. And so on top of this uh, horse-legged coffin, which is a vehicle called the hearse, you see Tattertop just sitting there 
petting his uh, box with the giant funnel on it, intently watching the parade. Watch it! Is this meant to finally be my opportunity to sell my useless, terrible banana cipher? Yeah, for context, Tom forgot to ask during the shopping episode to uh, get his ciphers exchanged at Tattertop Penny's Cipher Exchange, so this is my excuse for you to get them back. Yeah, for every session since, I've been like, you know, we could just handle this off screen. No one knows or cares about my banana cipher. It would be fine. <laughs> every time Kyle said, no, 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 you can't escape this. Kyle cares. All right, fine. Then Shock has been freaking out a little bit, but on seeing something familiar, thinks I may never again have a chance to get rid of this garbage. Shock will just run up, waving his arm. Tattertop, hello. It's it's Shock again. That that guy from from the city, Charmande. Oh yes. The one who kept my brother's store's lights on for another few days. You you trade ciphers people don't want, right? Oh, I trade more than that. But yes, generally ciphers are what I trade. Alright, what, what if I, I have two here that may interest you? And Shock will pull out the uh, the hat with the strings and the weird banana peel. He's going to have the hearse like just kind of extend itself down so you can step on it. And he says, get on quick before others arrive. Shock will get on, I guess. All right, you step on and it goes up. So how the new Manair Exchange works is Tattertop has this box with a big funnel you can put inside of it. The player provides a oddity cipher artifact. Depending on what you enter, and it looks like you're putting in two ciphers. Yes. You'll roll a 1d100 to determine whether or not you receive back an, odd- an oddity, a cipher, or an artifact. You then are going to roll a second 1d100 to determine which specific oddity cipher artifact you receive. So let's roll first to see whether you're getting oddities or uh, artifacts or ciphers. All right, let's roll the tens column first. I rolled a 96. Cool. What was the second one? Oh, I have to roll the second one. A 95. Awesome. So you, lucky, lucky winner, are going to get two artifacts. <laughs> what? And with an artifact, you get, uh, actually, no, since you didn't find them, I'm not going to give you the experience as well, because t- getting two artifacts in and of itself is OP as shit. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. So give me a roll for what those two artifacts are going to be. All right. We've got ourselves a 10 and then a roll for the second one. Yeah. 51. Alright, so your first one is 51, a mephitic staff, and your 10 is a brain bud. Oh dear. These sound horrifying. Oh god, I think I know what a brain bud is. I'm not certain I want it. So, the brain bud is an organic pod, almost like a small hemisphere... A small hemispherical piece of, bit of fruit. Once grafted to a host, it takes on the appearance of the host's flesh. What? The pod grafts onto any living host must be near the brain and injects complex chemicals that greatly improve brain activity. This grants a host a plus five bonus to maximum intellect pool if you want to use it. It would be strong. Oh. Ooh, that's so strong. Uh, You can also exchange any of these for experience as well. Hallie, it does not come off. No, I just have, like, a lump on the back of my head. He just has a second head. Juicing into my brain. Forever. He's lucky because we already have, like, Misha's scarf and Misha's hat. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I would definitely make it sentient. All right, and then the Mephitic Staff. So you get this, like, gross pod just eke out, uh, and it just slops 
to the ground, and Tattertop just picks it up in a napkin and hands it to you <laughs> and says, Oh, be careful. Once it goes on your flesh, it doesn't come off. <laughs> uh, and then you get the Mephitic Staff, which is a short metal glass tube fitted onto a well-made wooden quarter staff. So you can just stick this onto your staff. Uh-huh. When activated, the tip of the staff be- releases a concentrated, immediate-range blast of noxious fumes when it is struck against a solid creature or object. The affected creature loses its next turn to coughing and choking. What the fuck? The depletion is 1 in 1d20. All right. Now this one is a real party starter. I will say, Hamish's Halloween party was so much more exciting after I performed it. Shock will just solemnly nod and say, thank you very much for these powerful items. So Tom, are you going to put a brain butt onto your head? I've got a disk drive in my head already. Surely it's nothing extra to just, like, stick a thing. It's like... (laughs) Actually, I got an idea so it won't appear on the back of your head. I got an idea. Put it on the front of your head. (laughs) No, I got an idea. I got an idea. Sure, describe it. Okay, so you take this thing and you pick it up and you set it on your head. And it's trying to find the nexus of intellectual energy. You see it kind of creep over. It's moving like a slug a little bit on the side of your head. But it also feels, every time it moves up and down, it's like a band-aid that's like ripping and repealing itself. It's very uncomfortable. And it opens the hatch where your spellbook is. And it starts to weave itself inside of there and finds a really cozy spot and starts weaving itself through all the circuit boards and all the um, technological components of that. And now that board, instead of looking like... Instead of just looking like an empty spot that's like the inside of a robot head, the fleshy parts of this are like intertwined with the mechanical parts of that component. So now... Now your spellbook and your head aren't really separated anymore. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. So, Shock, Shock does it. For the power, the rush of mental energy. Unlimited power. Unlimited power. All right, so you feel uh, this, uh, one would call it potentially unlimited power, (laughs) uh, seep through your brain. And through this unlimited power, you're able to turn your head. And you're actually from, uh, you get a pretty good vantage point from on top Tattertop's hearse. And right in front of you, you can see Zoe and Ellie have taken a spot. Ellie looks really agitated. She's just like behind Zoe's hair. I'm assuming she's just like blocking it with her hands. No, (laughs) She's just, like, if anybody gets a little too close, she's probably going to, like, body slam them. Okay, so you can see a small gap has emerged between Ellie and Zoe and the rest of the crowd. Because the rest of the crowd ain't having that shit. And then you see in the distance, you see the parade walking through. It looks awful lot like an Earth parade. Like, there's too many lights. There are five different bands, all of whom have songs and, like, tones that are competing with each other. You don't see Tommy Funbuck yet, because presumably, like Santa, he's at the end of the parade. <laughs> uh, but you do, for example, you do see uh, Vespari, and he's performing tricks. He's got his Plague Doctor mask on. Uh, he's performing tricks with his assistant, who is that lady with the uh, blue fairies outfit skirt with the cut open back, and she had, like, those two blue wings that flapped independently. You were never quite sure how that worked, but it was super cool. So he's performing tricks with his assistant, who from this point on, I'm just going to call the blue fairy. Uh, and he's clapping his hands and throwing him at him and she flies into the air and everyone's going there's just 
fucking loving it. And then there are some some other like things. You see the Rouletia Knitters Society. <laughs> They're knitting. No, not knitting. They're crocheting like the shapes of various weapons, and then they rip away the crochet, and you just see the actual like mace and bow and knives. Shock is just narrowing his eyes at this Spari like. Uh... And you can see at one point the Plague Doctor mask turn to you. Your like vision, your extended uh, int vision just zooms in and you can see through the mask and just view like almost closes so that it's a thin bar and you can just see his glaring eyes at you. All right. And then uh, right below you are Zoe and Ellie. And I got a couple more things that I want to do, but like you still haven't told me what the fuck your game plan is. So you got a little bit of time to figure out what you're going to oh, do. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Shock is going <laughs> to lean over the, the hearse. Ah. Uh-huh. Ellie, what what are we going to do to meet Tommy Funbuck? I've said this before and I'll say it again because I'm sure it'll come up again when you guys want me to make a plan. I I don't really do plans. I just I I'm I'm the person who punches things after someone else makes a plan. I'm the one who screws up the plans. Oh, if only Hopper Scotch were here to help <laughs> us make a plan. But I I I guess you know, I have all this information about Tommy Funbuck. We need to get his attention, right? Right. Lowell said he's a he's a pretty awful person, and he likes other awful people. Yep, absolutely the worst. And you just see Lowell sitting cross-legged in the back oh, of the hearse. Right. Oh, no, mm-hmm. you something Mm-hmm. Shock's just gonna turn around like a little bit, like nod a little bit, and then lean down and say, "So, so, so, what? What terrible thing can we do to get his attention?" <laughs> Incidentally, Hallie's idea is just the best one. What's her idea? Pretend to get hit by the float and then sue him for all he's worth. <laughs> Let's be honest. Tommy Funbuck does not adhere to many laws. You bet his ass he knows about suing. <laughs> I'm wondering how to phrase this because this doesn't feel like a thing Shock would suggest. But we do like, we pretend to get hit by the float and we're like, Oh no! Oh no! I've been hit! Only, only fine whining and dining uh, in a luxury suite can, can cure this. Only that can save me and the deep financial liabilities of my medical bills. I got a, I got an idea. But we're just going to sit there and be like, I don't know, you guys are kind of in a tough situation because like if you ruin his show, he's, he's going to just be upset and he's going to get you killed. He's just going to kill you. Uh, mm. But, you know, Tommy Funbook does have a few laws he follows. Like, uh, what are those called? Those, uh, those lawsuits? You know, the thing where, like, you, you get someone upset and then you wear a suit and it just takes out all your money, uh, as payment. Yeah, no, he uses those all the time. You could convince him to put one of those on. Uh, I mean, he's gonna do anything you want. Shock will, like, lean down again to Ellie and say, Ellie, have you ever heard of a lawsuit? Lowell says that's our best plan. Uh, have I heard of a lawsuit? You have. Actually, no, roll. Let me see. Roll to see if you've uh, heard of a lawsuit. Okay, and I, um, I am trained in identification recall. Okay, and this would have been something you're recalling from your life, so that's good. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, so you dated a lady once, uh, a while ago, like, a couple decades ago, right when they stopped using lawsuits, and they started using law tuxes. Thank you very much. And she was, she talked about law tuxes so much that you ended up breaking it off. You didn't even, like, tell her you were breaking up. You just left one day, and you took, you took her law tux, and you just wrote suit on it. (laughs) 
Also, she dated a lady and then ran off once. She okay. did that all the time. Okay, that happened all the time, but to that person. I'm going to yes. put it this way. Every identification recall Ellie uses will be related to somebody she's been with. <laughs> she has a very thorough history. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so I remember the lawsuit. Yeah, you know, actually, I, I remember those. I uh, I ruined one once. Um, Maybe twice? <laughs> I'm not sure. Tell you what. I've got a decent amount of armor. I'm a pretty tough lady. I'm gonna go in front of the float. There's our plan. I made a plan. <laughs> okay. Will the float be okay when it when 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 you hit it? Oh, oh, that's a good point. I'll jump backwards when it hits me, just in case. <laughs> As you're making this plan, I'm assuming you've turned around to start talking to Shock, right? Yeah, but I still want to, like, keep a sense of where Zoe is. Okay, so as as it happens, you see out of the peripheral vision, a brightly colored propeller fly in, and you just hear Zoe go, Eep! Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry! I'm so sorry! And you hear another familiar voice say, Not a problem at all, darling. Everett let go of it way too soon. Everett, apologize! I'm not, I'm not sorry, Everett. Okay, I'm sorry. Can I have my hat back? Uh, and you turn over and you see Zoe giving the propeller beanie back to Everett and Mauve. And Mauve turns over and says, Oh, hey, Ellie Badge. You come to enjoy the show too? Hey, Mauve. Uh, hey, Everett. Shock will also wave hi from way up on the hearse. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Mauve waves up to you and uh, Everett is just, he's analyzing this beanie for every crease and crevice that could have gone on to it. And he's apologizing like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I didn't, I didn't mean it. And he's talking clearly to the propeller beanie and not to <laughs> Zoe. I'm going to take a step closer to Everett. He's not, he doesn't notice. <laughs> Everett. I know you're young, but I feel like this is something you can figure out, Everett. I feel like this is something you can do. Think about who you should be apologizing to. Is it the young girl who you almost, or did, I don't know. If you hit her, I'm gonna murder you, but um. Should you apologize to her or should you apologize to the hat? You have one chance to answer. He looks really confused at Mauve when you say young girl. And he's like, fine, I guess you're right. I'm sorry, Miss Mauve. Everett, I think I think she was talking about about the girl. Zoe. Who am I apologizing to? The girl or Zoe? Who's Zoe? Have we met her? Never mind. I can't um, I can't deal with this right and now. And Zoe just raises her hand. She's like, Hi, I'm no, it's me. I'm Zoe. I'm uh I'm Ellie's daughter. And at that, Mauve just turns over to you and goes, <laughs> Really? <laughs> How interesting. I, I have to confess, Zoe, I haven't heard about you before. Neither had I, actually. I was a surprise. <laughs> you sure were, Zoe. Ooh. You sure were. Ooh. 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 Oh, well, you know, surprises are, are good things. They help keep us on our toes. So who knew it was the physio men who get pregnant? Who Who knew? Who would know? Who would know that? Who would? Who would keep so little track of things that they wouldn't know? Shut up, Mauve. Well, Zoe, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Mauve Roderark, and this young strapping gentleman here is Everett. And Everett, upon hearing strapping young man, adjusts his propeller beanie <laughs> to look even more dark and brooding and cool. In his multicolored propeller. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
And then that uh, that facade goes away immediately as Zoe and Everett bro- both turn over simultaneously and say, and I'm going to have to do both of these at the same time. It's, it's Tommy, Tommy Funbuck. <laughs> and sure enough, you see him, Tommy Funbuck, the man who wears a cobalt blue peacock suit and a top hat as tall as his torso, standing atop a giant marching float that is just him. It's just a giant mecca of Tommy Funbuck float. And you can see him on top of him, and the lyrics to Santa Claus are coming to town are playing. So you just hear, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you have cash to spend, so buy stuff for goodness sake. Hey! Ellie! I, w- I want to point out for our viewers again that Hallie has once again lost it. At this ex- like, we're ju- we've just turned this into explicit fascism now. And a, uh, a- around a couple more things you see. Around him you see a bunch of people in like those giant Mickey Mouse uh, mouse mascot costumes, except it's Manny Mantle and the Manny Mates. So you see this like mantle with like this uh, antenna out of his head. You see this giant anine that just has a bunch of whips attached to itself. There's shooting guns, but these are not like the gun shooters. They're like very deadly pistols. Uh, and so you see the crowd like scream in excitement and terror as they duck down and they grab up these tiny little shirts for kids that say future paycheck on them. And the kids put them on super excited. Are they called the Swag Skateers? Yes, his, his the kids who are fans of him are called the Swag Skateers. 100%. So I want to put a hand on Zoe's shoulder and also look at Mauve and Everett and briefly cast a glance at Shock, but like, I can't look at all of them at once. Don't panic. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get hit by a float. What? No, that's, that's, that's like not fine. Okay, um, that's so, among many things that are not fine. Zoe, I, I've spent a lot of time getting to where that's not gonna hurt me. Mom's gonna respond to that. Well, maybe you shouldn't be worried about hurting yourself this time. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> It's 20 feet feet out. You have about 10 seconds to decide. Uh, Oh my gosh. I... uh, Why why do you suck, Kyle? Why do you suck so much? Seven seconds. No, stop! Now I'm anxious. Um, 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 um. Zoe, I'm sorry. I told you I'm a bad mom. I'll be fine. Stay here. And Ellie's gonna go do it. Ellie bolts out to get hit by this thing, and you see one of the feet come down right where it could trip over her, and the foot makes its way down, hits the ground, and about half a second before it hits you, you hear a massive crash. Hello and welcome to the announcement break for episode 25, Questionable Measures, part 7. I am Kyle, your GM, and I have limited run merch to tell you about. But before I do that, I gotta mention that our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. Now about that merch. Over the past couple of weeks, Emily has been hard at work making cute sticker versions of 18 of your favorite Quest Friends characters. She's got Hop, Misha, Shock, Ellie, Vespari, Don, Aegon, Lorraine, Jesse, Zoe, Everett, Shauna, 
All three Penny Brothers, Mako, Mauve, and everyone's favorite asshole, Lowell. I don't know why I made that into a really bad song, but there we go. It's like the polka rap, but worse. Cause I can't rap, and I also flubbed the lines while I said it. Anyway, she's taken all those characters and turned them into purchasable stickers. We've also converted those into a super cool kind of like group photo style poster and t-shirt. This is limited run merch that is available from now through Friday, October 19th. So if you ever wanted quest friend stuff, you should come in now because it's not really financially viable for us to keep selling merch. So this is probably gonna be the only time we sell merch unless we grow really big or next year comes. So if you're interested, go to questfriendspodcast.com slash shop. Again, that's questfriendspodcast.com backslash shop. And take a look at what we've all got for wear. I want everybody from across the globe to be able to get it as easily as possible. So shipping is absolutely free. The price you see is the price that you pay. In addition to checking out our shop, remember to tweet or Tumblr out about us using the hashtag QuestFriends, and you'll be added to our name pool. Uh, from our name pool today, an upcoming character we're just about to meet called FuzzFuzz Fuzz is named off of FuzzFuzz87 on Tumblr. So thanks so much for talking about us on social media, FuzzFuzz87. It's super great to kind of get an idea of what people think of the show. And now you're part of the show. All right, that's all I got for you today. We have another part of the Cookie Crew coming out next week on Monday, October 15th, and then the next part of the core campaign will be out on Monday, October 22nd. I will see you then. You hear this repetitive droning music just burrow itself into your head as you walk back into Tommy Funbuck's Funhouse and Hotel through that main casino area, past the giant water fountain of Tommy Funbuck that you saw when you first came into this building, and into the main reception area of the hotel part of Tommy Funbuck's Funhouse and Hotel. It is an immeasurably wide open space. There are these giant diamond elevators that raise themselves high into the sky, and a room that is just, take your average hotel lobby, keep as much stuff as there is, and then just triple the surface area of the floor. So nothing's bigger, they're just further spaced apart in an attempt to seem fancy. And behind this immeasurably large desk, you just see a very dour, their eyes actually look like ha the top halves are just missing because they just like look so dead inside all the time that they never raise their eyebrows higher than that. Uh, and they have a name tag that says Fuzz Fuzz and they are behind the desk. I'll go up to the desk then and say, hi, uh, I'm picking up two room keys. They should be under, did Lauren say they were under my name or hers? They were under your name. Hopperscotch. All right, Mr. Hopperscotch. You have two rooms. You have room 157 and room 164. It looks like you have signed up for our ultra mega awesome deluxe super plus package, which includes a hotel room, a hot tub, a personal massage, a personal mentor, 
a personal <laughs> rival, a personal, and they list off probably two dozen more things. And they're like, before you can get your keys, I must have you sign for all of these super mega awesome deluxe. And they rattle off whatever I said the first time. Okay. Package items. And they lift up something the size of an encyclopedia and slam it down. And there are probably 50 post-it notes inside of it. (laughs) And they just hand you a pen that writes absolutely terribly. Like you have to retry like probably three times every time you sign your name. Hmm. You just have to sign everywhere that is noted on these forms. So everyone does this. Everyone signs these forms. No, only the people who get the super mega deluxe awesome plus package, oh, which okay, includes okay. and they no, you just. Don't, it's okay. I you don't have to. You, no, they keep going. <laughs> you don't have to. They keep. They go through the whole list. Okay. Like they don't even. Re- you could say no. You could do whatever you want. And they're going to keep on listing through it because they have to list through all of it. Defeated Hopper will just sign wherever he's supposed to sign. Well, it's like an encyclopedia link. Right? Yeah, it's very long. Because I was gonna do a quick sketchiness check. Okay, give me a roll to see how quickly you can sketchy check an encyclopedia. Like, I don't want to sign away my soul here. Because I don't want to tell you, but remember, you have two hours before the show starts. Well, I- I'm not like reading it. A five. A five. A five. You have enough time to check everything, like to check right by where you sign the names a couple Mm. of times. All you can get from that is by doing this, you are signing up for care packages (laughs) and like notices for life. Great. Which are usually, they'll be done through various means. Some are directly through the data sphere. Great. Uh, Actually, no, they have versions. So like if you're in nano, they deliver them directly through the data sphere. So I'm just signing up to receive endless spam. Endless spam. All right. Cool. You sign all those documents. And they say, thank you very much. I will file this information. Here are your keys. And they hand you these two small models of the city of Key. One of which reads 157 and the other which reads 164. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Hopper just sighs and takes them. Feel free to take the diamond elevator. Just know they do have a 50% chance of crashing. Uh, and as they say that, as, as they say that, one of the diamond elevators will find them crashes and splinters into a thousand pieces. And they just say, if you will excuse me for a moment, I have something to attend to. And they just pick up a broom and walk over to the crashed elevator. Are there normal elevators? There are not, but there are there are stairs. Oh god. But, but the stairs are like like an escalator that go down. Downwards. So it's like walking up an escalator. All right. I guess we're taking the elevator. <laughs> All right. You get in the elevator. Uh, it's my time to roll. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. You get up to your floor and you feel it start to shake a little bit. No. I'm going to need both of you to roll to jump out of it. Oh, boy. A 12. An 18. Oh. You both deftly jump out of it and it crashes to the ground. You just hear Fuzz Fuzz kind of grumble to themselves. So you're on the first floor, which isn't the actual first floor, but it's like the first floor of the hotel. So it's probably 50 feet up. You're on a walkway that circles around the Tommy Funbuck statue. You're probably at around his, I'd say probably at his shoulders. And then you can see uh, room numbers that are just in these bright glowing neon lights. You're pretty sure if you touch the like door number, your hand would just singe off. And you see two rooms in the distance. You see 157 and 164. 
Okay. And there was no indication of which room was, like, mine and which room was Lorraine's. No, Lorraine said your room was 157. She oh, did okay. not specify what the other room was. Because she just winked. I've been thinking of it as Lorraine's room. Uh, Hop will turn to Misha and say, which one do you want to look at first? Well, I, th- I think it might be best to look at your room first and the unspecified room afterwards. All right. Just in case you find something useful in your room. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. You walk into your room, and it is actually really shitty. (laughs) For being as great of a room as it is, it just kind of looks like a college dorm room. You almost feel like Tommy Funbuck is a scam artist. But it just looks like a room. There is a bunk bed, though. It's very cute. Okay. It's very it's very unstable, but it's very cute. There are two bunk beds, and they're all labeled with your name. So the bunk bed for... There's Ellie at the bottom. There's... No, Hop at the bottom of one, Ellie at the top of the other. And then the other two bunk beds have actually been set side by side. Oh. And the name tags of Shock and Misha have been merged together. And you just see a little lipstick uh, kiss in between them. That, I mean, you don't know what Lorraine's lips look like, but you're presuming that she probably put that there. What? And you see, you see on the bed a jar of honey and a drawing of the moon. What? No! (laughs) So this is the honeymoon suite all along. But no, it's relatively mild. You do see a couple of, uh, you do see a couple of skate marks. Yeah, like like marks that could have been left by a pair of rollerblades. Right. And then you see just uh, a note that says, Hopper, I'm really glad you decided to take this resting room. It's going to be a great relaxation, and don't worry, I, I did uh, sign you up for wake-up service when the auction starts so that you can join it. Just be wary when you do answer their call. Their screaming has been known to make ears bleed so badly they fly off the user's face, so just keep it a few feet away from your head uh, when you pick it up. Much love! And then, uh, you just see her, her name signed. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Simon Scotch, I do not understand. I, I know Lorraine mentioned that this room was for you, but I see that there are other beds. There's Ellie's bed, and it seems to be a bed for shock, I suppose. And they're just going to like kind of tilt their head a little bit at the at the mashed name there on the lipstick and be like, I I do not understand what this necessarily means. So do do you have any any clue? Do you think this is a hint to something? Uh, I don't think it's a hint so much as Lorraine trying to be funny. I do not understand the joke, but then again, I do not understand most humans' jokes. Uh, uh. Misha, how 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 old would you say you are in like human years? Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I guess Misha's going to be like, well, I do not know for sure as I don't recall me past a couple of months ago, but I honestly do not know. I know I am older than I look, but I I do not know. Okay. Is this is this question relevant to the puzzle of the room? Uh, I, I don't think there's really a, a puzzle. It was just relevant to uh, how much I was going to explain. 
<laughs> is, is this a common <laughs> thing for, for humans to do? Um, to it, it, have beds? It, it, so, some of them. Some of them. Like this? Um, I, I, I believe it's, it's just that she knows I do not sleep, so I do not have a bed. I don't understand why it's merged with this bed. People who like each other a lot share beds sometimes. That's all that it means. <laughs> Well, I, I, I do certainly like shock, but he, he's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Scotch, Simon Scotch, sp speaking of shock, I, I do have a question that has been bothering me. I know this, we're, we're in a, in a time, in a really timed situation, but I, I believe it, it, it should be better if I ask it to you now. Yeah, what's up? Uh, hang on. I need to, I need to... I can acutely feel the panic Hopper was feeling at wondering how old it's supposed to be when you get the birds and the bees talk and whether this isn't the best place for it. So Misha is going to say, well, well, you see, I I believe there might be some sequels to the to the spider venom on on Shock. Or well, I, I don't know if it is that, but there there is something happening with Shock, and I am very concerned about it. What what's happening? Well, you see, back when when we were separated, and I well, when Shock and I went to explore uh, Ruledia, well, I th I thought I noticed something wrong on, on Shock, so I, I approached him to see if there was anything wrong and I did not see anything initially but then I noticed that his facial features started to get really red and I, I speak to Kubo at the time and he, he mentioned that that is something that humans do call blushing. I, I didn't really understand why that would happen. The temperature outside wasn't too hot so I, I looked into the data sphere to, to look for this and I found something, some some ancient disease. It seems to be called love seasons and I don't I don't understand what it is exactly. It was an ancient poem, and I am just a little bit worried. And I've never been really this worried since he almost died a couple of days ago. I don't understand, Simon Scotch. What is this blushing common for for this disease? Uh, Can you help me with this? We, we should we should help help shock somehow, right? Um. I think Jacques's gonna be fine. Uh, Kyle, can you I? You do? I, 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 my, my search in the data sphere seemed to imply that he had 525,480 <laughs> minutes left. Kyle, because Hopper has a skill in history, should I roll to see if I know what that means? No, because okay. that's from the first world. Or not the first world, ours could be the second. No, I know. That's from our planet. There's no fucking way you've learned about something from a billion years ago. Okay, well that was my question. I was just, I just wanted to call it Lease, and that was going to be my big joke. Be like, that's from a musical called Lease. That pleased me. But I don't have to do that. I wondered mechanically if Hopper would even okay. know. No, no, there was there was a remix of the musical Lease. called Lease, released sometime in the eighth world. Released. It doesn't have to be that, because it wasn't a very good joke anyway. I just wondered. No. No, we're keeping it. Lease was a musical from the eighth world. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm usually more composed than this, but I've just been worried about this since I saw it. Oh, no, Misha, you know, it's, it's, um, humans do weird things sometimes. Blushing is one of them. My guess is that shock was sometimes when people get close to other people, you blush. <laughs> Misha is going to approach Hopper <laughs> <laughs> and be like, but I don't see you blushing. 
Right. Well, there's like a specific circumstance for it. Um, um, and he'll like look back at the bed that says Susha, then look back at Nisha. Be like, you should. Do you know what? Do you know what crushes are? Oh yeah, I I certainly do. It it is when. <laughs> oh no! You put an object underneath another object until it, you know, and then they're going to go real quiet after they say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no. It's like a spe... Do you not really like me, Simon Scotch? Um, You're not blushing. No, no, I really like you. Just not in the specific way that blushing happens. Misha, how, how do you feel about Shock? I, I, I do not know. I, I, I suppose I really like him. You do. And I think sometimes you might share a deeper connection. We certainly do share a, a deep connection with our, our mental link. No. Oh, no, it's not that. Uh, You two just get along really well. And sometimes when people get along really well, it can turn into a different kind of relationship than friendship. Does that relationship involve having merged beds? Uh, Sometimes for some people, you know, it just, it just, um... So what you found was was seasons of love. Yes, that 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 was the that was that was the name of the. And Misha is going to get really excited. That that was the name of the disease. I I do not know what it has to do with with me really liking Shock. I mean, I I do really like him, but uh, mm, okay, it no it okay. <laughs> I've really bungled this one up. Um, it's not a disease. Shock is fine. I think he was a little flustered, and I think. He's young, you know. I, I, I think maybe Copper uh, mm, doesn't want to say <laughs> because he doesn't want to like out Chuck. <laughs> um, oh, I, I, I sense this is this was a mistake. This is getting you uncomfortable, and I, I, I apologize for this sh- scotch. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just here to help. All right, uh, let's move on to the other room. He likes everything terrible. Except for spiders, <laughs> apparently. But that's because spiders aren't terrible. Spiders are great, and they're very underappreciated. Appreciate spiders. Shock appreciates spiders. Uh, uh <laughs> get back to me on that. No, I don't think he really likes them. I think they get under his skin. I love you. Wow. I love you so much. <laughs> Guys, we're getting married now. 